Podcast Network. I'm probably too dead because it's too late for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the went through a right, period. Yeah, well, I had more biker babe hair when we first met. Sure. That, we all did. That super black angled bob yeah. guy. Once upon a time. Yeah. We were young. Looked like we should looked like we belonged clinging to the back of motorcycles. We were young, full of life. As we say, as you have two braids that are about mid length with your vest on. Just we Hell looked yeah. more like this at one point. I look like somebody you would buy peyote from. <laughs> are you not? <laughs> I don't have peyote. Does <laughs> No. She, really? Yeah. She might have... She's not sure. <laughs> she might have ayahuasca. That's a... <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so no ayahuasca. No uh, no peyote. I've never, done, I've never done peyote. I would, though. You definitely would. Yeah. I wouldn't... I probably wouldn't do ayahuasca at this point. Uh, 20 years ago, you would have, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to do ayahuasca. I was invited to do ayahuasca. I just didn't want to do it with the people who invited me. <laughs> Cause like you were the kind of person who did who knew that if you drank champagne you'd throw up and you still did it. So yes, sorry about that. That's fine. Still, still apologize. It wasn't that big a deal. Day. Champagne what? comes up easy. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a... like, oh welcome story. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I was I was in my twenties. I drank a lot, and I knew therefore I knew my limits. And I was like, oh, if I drink, no matter how much I drank, I would be fine, unless I drank champagne. <laughs> if I drank any champagne. I would throw up. And despite me knowing this and the people, you know, who knew me, you know, being told this, uh, like my girlfriend at the time was like, no, it's New Year's. Like split a, just a, just a glass, just split it. And I was like, okay. All right. They don't turn out well. Mm. Eh, no. 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 Because no, I, no. I used to, we used to, you know, I used to drink at Tina's a lot. And um, everybody I, drank yes, at my house a lot. A lot. And uh, yeah, there were many parties at Tina's. And um, yeah, I would just be like, my brain would be like, it's time for you to go to sleep. And I'd be like, okay. I'd just go to Tina's room and pass out on the floor. Yeah, like, and I wouldn't know where Hunter was all night. Yeah. And then I'd go to bed and sometimes not alone and like stumble <laughs> over Hunter into the yeah. room and be like, yeah, be like, you ah, found him. He's fine. There he is. All right. Like, he's fine. You all right? You breathing? Yeah. All right. And I was, I was fine, except for the, the one time I was not fine. And I just threw up. <laughs> Like, yeah. under Tina's bed. Oh. Yeah. And then I passed back out. And then when I woke up, it was because my alarm was going off and I had to go to work. <laughs> I think I texted you after I got to work. And I was like... I think I might have. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Under your bed. Yeah, I was like, I, things are unclear. <laughs> the night is my bad. <laughs> not highly detailed. Everything. After a certain point, it gets sketchy. Hey, watch, watch. Hey, watch, Hello, excellent humans. <laughs> yeah, How long have like, you been recording this? It's <laughs> long enough to get evidence. So I'm like, I was the vomity, and now oh, I've learned my no. limits. Yeah. Turns out, I have a fatty liver, and that's why I was the vomity oh. for the longest time. And I'm like, well, that's a way oh. to find out. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I don't drink a lot. And they're like, yeah, it turns out you have a fatty liver then. And I was like, oh, shit, this explains everything. Interesting. Yeah, but, like, the worst thing I ever threw up one was... 
I was sitting in my friend's bed. In the oh, bed. No. And I was like, no. And like, but like, at least I'm the good enough to friend to be like, hey, so I'm going to bundle all this up. It doesn't fit in your washer. I'm going to take it home and I'll bring it back. <laughs> so at least it was just on comforters. You know, nothing seeped into layers. Yeah. Of... Oh, yeah. Hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another liver fattening. <laughs> We're talking about fatty livers. I know, but <laughs> liver well, fattening that sounds. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like foie gras. Like just... <laughs> That's <what I> <laughs> Uh, another limit exceeding episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm your co-host, Hunter Bush. Uh, with me, my special, special guest co-host, Tina Dillon. You hear that, Beerman? Special twice. <laughs> and our guest today, <laughs> Gabby Reeves. Hello, excellent humans. Welcome back to the show, Gabby. Thanks for having me back yet again. What was the last thing you were on for? I was here for Bound. Bound, yes, I was we here for, yeah. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, isn't that a little risque for you guys to be watching together? And I was like, ah, it was fine. It was my first time seeing it, too. And I'm like, oh, well, this isn't like, you know, my 17-year-old awakening. So, like, no. right. I was like, ah, softcore, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah it's not hardcore. It's, you know, we just recorded the podcast there. I mean, some, some gentle sucking and fucking. Nothing, uh, you know. yeah. nothing untoward. No, it, it always gets, Friday it always gets right. dirty here. Yeah. Oh, this podcast is filthy. Oh, especially when I'm involved. And I don't know why. Every time I listen to any episode I'm on, I'm like, that is so much filthier than the other ones. Why am I so filthy? <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, man. Oh, the, the Smurfs movie episode just dropped. And you're like 20 minutes later, and you're like, you're like, so I was getting fisted on a roller coaster. <laughs> okay. One, we cut that out. We and did. two... <laughs> I'm not as filthy in real life as I am no, on this podcast. No, she's not. I've known her like, for so long. <laughs> I don't know what happens. You put a microphone in front of me and it just, it just spill filth. Yeah, we all have, well, we have moments, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't the, know. The, the show brings it out. It's fun. It's yeah, fun. It's, it's lighthearted. It's good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's why the people like me. You give them what they want. You hear that, Beerman? <laughs> you hear that, Beerman? Oh, God. We're just sticking to Beerman. <laughs> he doesn't listen. He does, actually. Does he? He's like one of our regular listeners. He can prove it with a Spotify receipt. Because I prove it every year with my Spotify receipts. It's true. Yeah, I made made a big mistake. I have to cut this out because it's technically out of chronological order. Because I talk about it in episode 100, and I mentioned that it happened specifically right before we recorded that. But Go on. I went and looked at the reviews just to see how many we had, and we have six. And three of them are five stars, and it's from people I know. Yeah, and, and the th- other ones are big honking mad. Right. I know. Of, three of them are <laughs> one stars. And one is like one is old. We knew I knew about that a while ago. Yeah. But two I hadn't seen. The one is like some leftist comp- woke snowflakes. Is that one of them? That's the first one. That's the one I knew about. Leftist well, woke snowflakes. Yeah, there's another one about like man haters and oh, Clint man- Eastwood sorry. is the best. Man haters is the first one that I knew about. The second one was about uh, yeah, it was clearly Iger sanctioned because they're like they just they're just go Think off on things racist. on things that they consider quote unquote racist yeah. and it's like dude the Iger sanction which has got to be the we only did two Clint Eastwood movies so it's either Iger sanction or play Misty for me and like we don't talk about race and play Misty for me because it's not an issue but it's an issue in Iger sanction also also your racism is showing right why are you so mad about it and Oop. also like did you listen to the episode because like we. We say, like, I don't think this was done with, like, ill intent or whatever. It is inextricably linked to the era in which it was produced, which was kind of a little bit racist. Like, right. which is just it a was, conversation to be had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's othering. It's, you know, it's like, oh, look how exotic these, you know, women are. And that's the whole thing is, like, mm. you know, it's Clint Eastwood and he's supposed to be this Bond, you know, archetype. Right. So, Fetishism is showing. Right. Yeah. It is a little bit uncool. 
Yeah. And that's all we say. You know, we had fun talking about it. I like, guarantee that person didn't even make it that far. No, in. no, no. They just heard like, yeah, it's kind of racist or whatever yeah. and lost their shit because they are also eh, kind of racist. Right. Yeah, like, but... Did you peak in the 70s, sir? Oh, definitely. This is Absolutely. this is some boomer ass fucking review. Oh, yeah. Or some boomer bootlicker. Somebody who's like, oh, I wish I was one of the boomer generation. Yeah. And then the other one is like that we all sound like children and uh, which is another boomer. But also then we talk over each other and we have garbage opinions and I'm over it now. But I, I read it literally right before we recorded the 100th episode, which is dumb. And it was my fault. And I know it was my fault. And I know I did it to myself. So I read that one. That's been up a while. I sent you the first one because mm. I thought it was really funny. The leftist man-haters. I was like, ooh, I'm dying to know which episode that was. <laughs> right. Well, that's but, the other thing is I at least respect the Clint Eastwood complaint person. I respect their opinion more because they gave me context. Specific. I know. I have a vague idea what it was. Right. The other ones are just like, they ain't men. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. So you feel like they all everybody sounds like children. What exactly do you mean by that? Right. Also, yeah. they go on and they're like, oh, they talk over each other or whatever. And it's like, yeah, how many podcasts do you listen to? Right. This right. is a podcast for fun about pop culture, about friends who are literally just discussing things and having a good time. So, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some talking over each other. Somebody's landing a joke while somebody else is talking. It. That's I mean that's the thing. The it's flow like, of the show. This is the we're the, this is the scrappy punk uh, podcast. Like, is it the best sounding podcast ever? No, because it does. It's not paid for by NPR. It's right. not Conan and Friends, where they have like a professional engineer whose only job is to like engineer their podcast. It's like I don't know shit about dick. I just figure <laughs> it out as I go. I've been doing this now for like a hundred episodes, which is why the the episodes that come out now sound a little bit better than they did in episode one and two. I actually think they sound a lot better. They truthfully. do. I, but... I got better gear and i've gotten better at editing and i know more tricks now because well, i talk to and people that all and takes time. Yeah. yeah it's a process but also the whole idea is supposed to be like you are sitting in a room with us discussing this movie right that's the whole point point. and in that real life situation there are people who are going to talk over each other people are going to have differing opinions people right. are going to get loud and talk over each other right that happens. It's what it's supposed to be. It's genuine instead of it being very edited. Right, and we don't very have a script. It's scripted, a discussion. Yeah. 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 Like, so I read that that complaint, that complaint <laughs> and I did one of those things where I was like, "That's fucking stupid." And I was like, "I'm gonna put it out of my head because it doesn't relate to me yeah. at all, and it doesn't matter." And I wasn't gonna send it to you because why yeah. bother? And then I get in the shower. And you know how, like, you get shower brain and you yeah. start arguing with somebody yep. in your head in the shower? I was like, and also, and wait, and who even are you anyway? Right. And then, like, <laughs> and then I was all mad about it and yeah. all fired up. Again, I, I say this all the time. The, the, the content of your review tells me whether it is a positive or negative review. And the number of stars tells me the strength of your convictions. Mm -hmm. So if you say, it's the worst podcast I've ever listened to, but you, and you leave one star, I'm like, oh, well, you don't really mean that. You could be swayed. Because it's only like, oh, it's one star. You're not that, you're not that strongly convinced. If you, if you were like, it's the worst podcast I've ever listened to, five stars, I'd be like, wow, they really hate us. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like being a five-star general. Yep. I'd be like... That motherfucker knows what they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, if they were like, I hate this podcast. I'm never going to listen to it again. Five stars. I'd be like, shit. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, if you really hate us, please tell us why. And then leave us a five star review so I, that I know that that you really mean it. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're at it, nothing shows your conviction for hatred. Like joining the movie John Patreon. That's right. For just $3 a month, you could hate us real good. Yeah, really. Do you like? You really want to fucking stick it to us? You could pay us $3 yeah. a month. Send $3 a month to the Movie John Patreon. 
and then just constantly because then you're on you know you're on the patreon you're on the mailing list and you can just respond to every email with like you guys so gonna like it <laughs> fuck you they want to watch a bad podcast get it off the network <laughs> hey we should all talk over each other at the exact same time <laughs> we should we should start doing that right now right now right now i was thinking that this would be a good idea we should we're all talking over each other hot rod Yes, Gabby. This is uh, this was your pick. This was my pick. Okay, it's the 99th pick? episode yeah, of Hate Watch, Great Watch, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine is my favorite show, so I decided to pick an Andy Samberg movie to go with, so hot rod it is. Nine-Nine! Nine-Nine! We'll He's... get there. So I'm guessing your issue is with uh, Mr. Sandberg? I cannot stand him! Really? really? Oh my okay. God. Well, damn. She was probably like, "Fucking hell, haven't watched this well, movie." Like, Hunter texted me, and I, he was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna record with Gabby for the 99th episode." And he sends me over the IMDb for Hot Rod, and I went, "Woof." Okay, <laughs> I'm not renting that. So, <laughs> do you have it? And he was like, "Yeah, you can come over and watch it." And I was like, "I'm not paying for it." <laughs> well, I can see where this may be going on Tina's side. I, I kind of have a not complicated, but I, I've had a like a, it's a, been a journey with Andy Samberg. I found him equal amounts funny and grating as like a uh, Saturday Night Live guy. He bordered on like the Jimmy Fallon. It's a different thing, but the Jimmy Fallon thing of like being too self-aware. Like, okay. you know, Jimmy Fallon's whole thing on Saturday Night Live was that he really couldn't get through a sketch without breaking. And I laughing. always think that's funny. I, I, yeah, I, do I, I do too, but I think at some point it crossed a Rubicon where he became aware that that was his shtick, so he just kind of was like, oh, I can always do that to get a laugh. Oh, yeah, like, okay. I can just laugh I understand and people the will same energy. Yeah. yeah. But I think Sandberg, it's a different thing. It's not that he let, it's that he knows he's very funny and charismatic and has this, like, very specific, like, delivery. And he knows exactly, like, you know, he'll go from being, like, playing a character kind of straight in a thing to being like, yeah, and just, like, <laughs> lean into it. And you're like, all right. And, like, sometimes it worked for me and sometimes it wouldn't. And I would kind of vacillate back and forth, um, you know, and then, like, Dick in a Box is extremely funny. I feel like, I feel the same about the beginning of his career. Yeah. The beginning of his career was very much like, uh, is he actually going to be funny or is this always his chick? And I feel like he landed it somewhere along the line. Right. And it became the right sense of humor. Yeah, he's much better. He's, I hate, I can't believe I have to say certain phrases on this podcast, but Andy Samberg has matured as a performer. (laughs) 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 It's such a bonkers thing for me to have to Uh -uh. say. He, honestly, he is. If you watch, (laughs) if you watch any of uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's a very different performance. It's much He's more like a straight man. He still develops so much. He still plays a, just such like a man child, but as like I think as a performer and as a writer is dealing with his man-child persona. I think he's, like, really genuinely, reliably funny in it. And then the rest of the cast is great, also. Yeah, the cast is excellent. I Everybody like in that show is great. Absolutely excellent. And I feel like the first season was a little... I just rewatched the entire series. Um, so... Today. <laughs> Today. Right now. <laughs> they're, they're, the Lonely Island guys are... They're very immature, but I really do think they're very funny. I j- actually just watched Pop Star. Never Stop, uh, Never, never Stopping. It. It's actually really good. So, it has great parody songs. I like a good parody song. Do you remember when we did the Lonely Island release? CD release party? Fun. Yeah, they, like, gave us, they gave us posters and CDs and shit, and I have, like, 
have all that shit. Like, so I think that's part of my problem. Yeah. We had to listen to that on a loop. <laughs> yeah, we, we listened to the album. I think it was like yeah, five I would or also six times. Hate it. it was like three hours. <sighs> however, however many times you listen to that first Lonely Island record. Yeah, if hours. I was forced to listen to that at work, yeah. I, would I work probably in... would have a beef with Andy Samberg, too. And the crowd it brought in didn't make it any better. <laughs> no, they were weird. It was a weird fucking group I'm of sure people. it was a very... Uh... It was a bunch of fucking college douchebags. College, college yeah. dudes, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, it reminds me of like everybody when I was in high school, junior high and high school, that listened to the Adam Sandler records. Yeah. So same energy. Which, it, yeah, I was going to say, same energy. They played Father and Son in that fucking My Boy they movie. They did, yeah. And I'm like, I've never seen it, but I never it saw makes it. sense. Um, Hot Rod from 2007, directed by Akiva Schaefer, who is one of the Lonely Island guys. This was originally written for Will Ferrell. Did not know that. Yeah. I think the overall plot would be the same, but from what I, I watched, like, two different interviews with the Lonely Island guys, and I read, there's, like, kind of a pretty good, like, oral history of their comedy career. Yeah. But apparently, like, there was a lot of stuff that was written for Will Ferrell's, like, delivery. There was a lot of, like, Neptune's Bones, you know, like, those kind of, like, Adam McKay movie, like, Anchorman one-liner weird OMG random things that he says. I could see yeah. that, but I think I would have really disliked that. I well, think I would have not liked it as much because, you know, with that well, in Sandberg flair. Right. Well, in 2007 also, that was like around Anchorman. I think that was, I think Anchorman was like 2006 or Yeah, something. right around yeah, then. Yeah, right around that time. So he's supposed to, like, I also, I mean, also man, man child, but like, I really am not going to buy a movie where Will Ferrell is like, uh, living at home with his dad and mom and brother, He's like just too uh, amateur old. stuntman. Yeah. yeah, if you made him like a drunk amateur stuntman who never made it, who lives like in a trailer on the edge of town, and he's like, you know, it's like the milk was a bad choice, Ron Burgundy, and he's like that level of follow like, up to Ricky Bobby. You mean right? Yeah, <laughs> right. If it was that, I I could probably see it, but it's like living at home. Like I was like, that just reminds me of Step Brothers, which is a movie that's like funny, but I never really got into it because I I'm just like you're like 40 years old. Why do you live at home? So many people love that movie, and I just can't. The movie's fine. It took me a long time to come around to it. It's fine. It does have one absolutely brilliant line delivery, which is a little girl threatens Ron Burgundy. It's them cutting through a field or whatever, and like a 12-year-old girl threatens them, and she goes, you better watch your back, S.A. I like that you were like, threatens Ron Burgundy, and I'm like, that's not his name. Yeah, I don't. I really think I would really not like this if it was Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it working as well as even Hot Rod did. And like, I saw Hot Rod, I think maybe just once. Yeah, I think I just saw it once before, like all the way through. Yeah, so the humor in this, there's a lot of like very random vignettes, and some of them are extremely crazy. The Cool Beans thing is fucking insane. I, I really liked it. Because it's just so fucking dumb that I, it got a, okay, like kind of laugh out of me. And I was just like, I appreciate the swing. It's a choice that literally nobody else would make in a movie. I realize I quote this movie a lot. Yeah? Constantly. Yeah. Of rewatching it. I was like, oh, I say a lot of things like, like the, what? What do you mean I'm saying things weird? Whiskey. I remember that. Yeah. Like to the point that. Who are you? The safe word is whiskey. Whiskey. Why are you saying that weird? What? Saying what weird? Where do you get off? Where do you get I also say, have fun being married to Satan all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this movie is very much my sense of humor, so that's why I was like, you know what? It's a good time to pick this movie. Yeah. Um, the Cool Beans thing is... It's so weird. It all of the time. And it's nothing like the rest of the movie. Not at all. And like, there's a lot of 
parts of this movie that I realize like they're saying something and it'll just be like cut to the next scene and the next scene's still something weird and ridiculous. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, this dude just beat the shit out of this guy and then the next scene is dancing to two of hearts. Dude, Bill Hader just has a fucking like <laughs> nail embedded in his forehead, like or piece of metal embedded in his forehead. <laughs> Can we talk about how he looks like he should be in Rockstar in this movie? Yeah. Because <laughs> he does. He does. He does. Okay, I have a question. Well, Yes, A please. burning question about this movie, and I hope someone can answer it. I don't have ointment for that. No one has ointment. No, I used it all. <laughs> Many things need to be ointed. <laughs> it's a terrible word. Why did you say ointed? that? Ointed. I didn't like that. <sighs> it's almost right, as bad as... It's worse than right, moist. Ointed is... An ointment. Moist you would, you would, ointment. Yeah, you'd be like, oh. Like, logically, you're like, oh, it's something that oints. We, anointed. We lost everyone who was listening. Yeah. I don't care. This is not for. I've said this forever. Even if no, even if I was getting the numbers and it was like literally zero list people listening to the show, I would still keep doing it because like I then I, now I have recordings of me talking to my friends for hours. Yeah. So like if we die, you yeah, just you can listen great. to them. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can one or both of you please tell me? Okay. What year this is set in? Two thousand and seven. Okay. Questions. Sure, please. Yeah. No one has a phone. Nope. All the cars are from the 80s. That's right. All the clothes are from the 80s. Yes. The whole house is from the 80s. Yes. Except the computer. Right. All the music is... Uh... 80s. No, it's all, it's all Europe or whatever. It's all 80s montage music. Yeah. yeah. So there's two ways that... I, I was convinced this was like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And then he does the too legit to quit thing. And I was like, hmm, maybe like 91. Right. <laughs> and then they cut to his computer... And he's playing videos and he's editing movies. And I'm like, if you look at the, the computer. He's got Adobe After Effects. Yeah. That. Well, if you look at the computer head on in the in the one cut, it looks like an old, like an Apple II or something. Yeah. It's not an Apple II, but it's got that look. But then they pan to the opposite direction so you can see their faces in front of the screen. Yeah. And it's a flat screen. And there's a webcam on that computer. At one point. Uh, I think it's Bill Hader is carrying a TV that is most certainly a 2007's, like, blocky TV. Yes. I cannot place where this movie takes place in, in time. time. yeah. I, I, it looks like it takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Or p- possibly also, like, middle country. Well, like, there's almost no No, no, no. He falls down that mountain, and that mountain oh my has God. Pacific <laughs> Northwest trees. <laughs> also, I was getting... Because of, like, the retro feel of the house and the clothes yeah. and whatever, I was getting that 70s show vibes, most specifically because Andy Samberg's character in this is quite literally just Kelso. He kind of is. He's more motivated than Kelso, and I think, honestly, like, less successful. He has <laughs> similar mannerisms. He says similar things. Kelso had hair like He's... you. No. Swept over. Wrong. Dave Mustaine, Kelsey, yeah. <laughs> different. Also, I was going for Stevie Nicks, but it went. It's still. I can't get away from Dave Mustaine. Speaking of rock star, <laughs> did you notice the, uh, the the similarities between this and our, our our previous episode, Rockstar? It's a young, scrappy up and comer who has to you know go out and hit the street and hand out flyers to get people to come to his next gig. Dude, this is such a stretch. 
These are not the same. No, but it actually does. It does have a huge crossover with a previous episode. Oh yeah, Dirty Work. It has the Y'all exact same plot as Dirty Work. Dirty Work. And like you know plot. how mad I was about Dirty Work. Interesting. In, in Dirty Work, they're doing pranks and you know whatever they're doing the dirty work to raise the exact same amount of money for Norm Macdonald's father, who he hates, who has a heart condition. Uh huh. Interesting. It's I've exactly never the seen same that. Driving motivation. Yeah, I mean the way that they get the money is different, but that's totally all different. that's different. To be and the... in the same way, I feel like this movie was very much made by someone for them and their friends, and that's exactly what I said about Dirty Work. All the Lonely Island stuff feels like that. Like it yeah. feels like they're just making themselves laugh. Yeah, they're making content for themselves. The hate watch, great watch of the movie world. It is. Yeah. It's, it's they're just they're just doing stuff that they find funny. I find some of it funny. Welcome back to the show, Bill Hader. Previously, he had been in episode 23. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes, he's he the is. voice of all the video game mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. He's the guy that says, like, game over. That's right. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. And as long as I'm doing this, uh, welcome back to the show, Isla Fisher. She's in episode 77, The Great Gatsby. There's somebody who is in this that is in a movie we talked about on oh, yeah? the podcast, I believe. We talked about Pottersville on the podcast, didn't we? We did talk about Pottersville. And uh, Ian McShane is in this. That is true. And uh, I really like him, despite all of this. But you know what I like about him? He's funny in this. He's funny in this. He's funny. He's real funny in Pottersville. He is. But I like that he plays, like, the Quint of Jaws character. Yeah. (laughs) This grizzled old. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to, just as long as we're talking about the Lonely Island guys, and they did the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience. It is a musical biopic about some baseball players based on true stories. I'm not a baseball guy, so I watched it and I enjoyed it. But the whole time I was like, I guess this is like great. I gave it like three and a half stars. But I was like, I guess this is great if you really liked baseball at this era, like 90s baseball shit. Mm -hmm. And it was just not my scene. But the whole time I was like, I wish they would do this. I wish Lonely Island specifically would do this about some wrestling story some wrestling feud some wrestling like partnership i'm pretty sure they like wrestling because again this podcast is secretly a wrestling podcast we've always said and to that end in this movie sandberg is wearing a hulkamania shirt in at least yeah, two scenes i noticed that and hater is wearing a stone cold shirt at one point I was oh like, i didn't see that yeah. <laughs> i was like they're definitely both just wearing wrestling shirts. i was like i was like these guys like wrestling also it fits their characters yeah i yeah. mean the checks out the, the brief overview of this film is that Rod is an aspiring stuntman of indeterminate age. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out either. No, if you told me he was no supposed idea. to be 17, I'd be like, sure. If you told me he was supposed to be 37, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He still lives at home uh, with his stepfather, played by Ian McShane. His stepbrother, uh, which is Yorma Tacone. Is that, I don't know how you pronounce that it. That sounds right. He's the other Lonely Island guy. And Sissy Spacek and is Sissy his mom? And Sissy Spacek is the yeah. mother. That now, blew me away. Now, yeah. Sissy Spacek is fucking great in this movie. She plays it. Totally straight. Oh, yeah, she does. She is, she's acting as though she's unaware that this is a ridiculous comedy. And I think she oh, might absolutely. be. She's out there for the Oscar. She's ready. Dude, she's great. She's always good. Well, she's also a babe in this. She's she like, she looks great. Yeah. Yeah, her and Ian McShane, you're just like, I can see it. That, that's a hot, that's a hot older couple. Like, she's playing it as though it's, yeah, a drama about, like, a father and son not getting along or whatever. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, you know, it's like Ian McShane like dying on the couch being like, you're a wimp and I hate you, you know? And, <laughs> and, and being like, shut up! You know, and like storming out. Like, it makes every scene she's in funny. 
Yeah, so uh, Ian McShane is uh, relatively early on in the film diagnosed with a terminal heart condition that will cost $10,000 to fix. <laughs> nice round number. <laughs> Everybody is just like, oh, that's how much it costs to fix your heart. 10000 on the button. Yeah, and, it's part of the comedy paperwork. Right, exactly. He He's going to do stunts to raise money. He'll do shit at parties. He'll do, you know, school events. Sell tickets to watch him jump shit. Like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, that's... That's the whole plan. And then as the movie goes on, uh, he kind of has a love-hate thing with, I guess, the public, where sometimes they seem like, okay, cool, they're they're into him now, and things are going to be going his way, and then they turn on him uh, in a baffling turn, doesn't understand that him failing to do stunts is funny. All of this was wildly confusing to me. It's, it's real weird, especially because, like, this movie exists, and, like, the concept of stuntmen exists in 2007 because of Jackass, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... That whole, like, montage that his brother put together, yeah. that, that's, that's a Jackass montage. Right, it's, it's, and it's him failing to do shit, but being like, you know, you can achieve anything. Like, don't, you right. know, like, getting up after being on fire and being like, you know, don't yeah. let anybody tell you you can't reach your dreams. Like, that shit's funny. And, like... I don't get how once it's put up on the big screen and everyone's laughing, he's just like, and he has this big freak out. He's like, turn it off! You know, like... He takes himself quite seriously right, in this movie. But that's like, not present in any of the other not stuff. Not at it all. It seems like he takes stunts seriously, but he's bad at them, which is great. And, like, as great as a character thing. And, like, the fact that he never once in this movie actually does a stunt is amazing. <laughs> Like, even well, at the end, when he fails the big stunt at the end, I was started laughing because I was like, I cannot believe they were just like, fuck him. I, <laughs> like, writing it. They wrote it for themselves. They rewrote it. We're like, fuck him. He doesn't do it. Well, because no. I turned to Allison when it went from, like, everybody making fun of him to then him jumping 15 buses. Did I miss something? Yeah. I said, because he's never successfully jumped anything, anything. right? Did I miss it? In the final scene, they were just like, oh, also, we got you, like, an actual good bike. Right. Yeah. And I was that... like, yeah, no shit. Because he, his other bike, like, the, the pool scene jump is so funny. It's hilarious. Because it's so anticlimactic. It's not a bunch of, like, stunt bullshit where he doesn't make it and hits the far ramp or whatever. Like, it just no, goes, he, just, he sinks then, like a stone. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it's like a moped motor. Yeah, it's powered by a fucking lawnmower motor. And, like, right into the pool. And it's so funny because of that. But they, yeah, then at the end, they're just like, they're like, hey, Rod, we got you a new suit and a new helmet and a new bike. And I'm just like, yeah, no shit. You guys should have done this so long ago. He would be so much more successful. Well, what? he'd probably Maybe. be at the same. But I feel like he takes <laughs> yeah. himself so serious as like an evil Knievel type. Yes. So like, well, that's the thing. They never once say evil Knievel. Which never is once. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, do they They're say they? it? Because I know once. he's in that photo with the dad. That's the only time it's brought up. So when Sissy Spacek. Because like, evil Knievel's the only stuntman. But they, they name drop. Super Dave Osborne, may well, he rest in peace. They they talk about it because Sissy Spacek is sitting at the table with him, and she's like, "I got to tell you something." Oh, when she reveals that his dad wasn't a stuntman, yeah, man, he and was he's a... like, "What about that picture? He was a tire salesman." Oh, that's like right, a yes. cashier in like a tire place, which is why he's got that like Tony's Auto or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad's suit. He thought it was sponsored like stuntman. Yeah, yeah, like a sponsored stuntman suit. It's not. It's like Ricky his... Bobby. Yeah, it's yeah. his exactly. And then he goes, how did he die? And she goes, he choked on pie. <laughs> like, and then she kind of drops this line about he really wanted to win that competition. So you get the impression that he died eating pie in a pie eating competition. Right. There's a thing they talk about 
when they were like rewriting this because this was a script again that was already like prepackaged made for Will Ferrell and then he passed or couldn't do it or whatever so then it was kind of up for grabs and it made its way to them and they were like well we'll do this but like we got to rewrite it because otherwise it's Andy Samberg doing a Will Ferrell impression you know wasn't it written by the same woman who wrote Team America Oh, initially, I did not. I'm pretty sure, and then it got rewritten. Matt Stone and Pam Brady. Pam Brady, yes. Yeah, Pam Brady wrote the the treatment that this is. So it's credited to Pam Brady, but because that's her, this is her screenplay. But they rewrote it to play to their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. So all around, it would have been a very different movie because it would have been her treatment. Yeah. And Mm. Will Ferrell, it would have been totally different. I'd be interested to see what her treat, how different her treatment was, Mm -hmm. like. I imagine Will Ferrell movie, he would have landed it at the end. He would have landed the thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Kiss the girl and all that. And it's like, I like that he still gets the girl to the, and he still makes the money, even though he completely botches the fucking Which stunt. is one of the funniest parts in the movie, which I had forgotten about. Um, when they're just walking down the street and then everybody kind of starts to join them. And then it turns into an the, entire crowd riot and everybody starts so robbing funny and stores. Weird. Yeah. And it's hilarious and weird. It becomes like the Pat Benatar like yeah. fucking video. And then everybody's just like freaking out and they start rioting. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> like, but then they break the fourth, not fourth wall, but they like directly reference it where it's like, that was crazy, right? <laughs> that got it really out of hand. Like it was kind of cool for a minute. And then it just got really intense. <laughs> Did I miss something? No, every, every scene has its own internal logic, depending on what the gag right. is like, which is a, it's a, it's a thing they do. Cause it's, it's also president pop star, like a hundred percent. It doesn't always make sense on a larger narrative either. Pop star is riddled with that stuff where I'm like, eh, if you look at this logically, like you're just like, wait, why that doesn't make sense. Like why would a and B like, yeah. why would these things happen? But it's just like a loosely connected series of like goofy bits. Yeah. I mean, this kind of does that. Yeah. This definitely, definitely does that. Yeah, yeah. This has a little bit more of a, because I'm, I'm guessing because they're working on a framework written by a screenwriter. Who, yeah, like, it has a thread, yeah. but it's loose. Yeah. I think it needs more Will Arnett. Will Arnett's really yeah. fun. I think I it needs more love, Bill Hader. I love Will Arnett. And when he appeared, I was like, oh, we're saved. Will Arnett's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will Arnett's never, also never bad. Never. He's really funny in this. He really plays it up. He's dating Isla Fisher, who is like the girl next door again. How old is anybody? No one knows. No one knows. Because they basically have like a... It's kind of funny. They have like a shitty version of the Peter Parker, Mary Jane like introduction scene. He's outside, you know, being Andy Samberg. And uh, she comes out and they talk for a minute. And um, He says, you look pretty, Denise. Yeah. What did you say? I said, you look look shitty, shitty, Denise. Denise. Good night. And he runs away. (laughs) You look shitty, Denise. Good night. Again, how old are they supposed to be? But again, doesn't matter. She's still dating an adult man who drives like a, you know, a, a convertible and <laughs> is Will Arnett. And, which also kind of surprises me because of the way that she, when they do finally kiss, the way she goes in to kiss him. Oh my God, I wanted to vomit. <laughs> Her whole mouth is open. Dude, they are like, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. immediately she goes at him with an open mouth and I'm like, no, 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 no please don't do that. <laughs> So I thought I, they were like probably 27. Turns out they're 16. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just takes you back to when you were 16 and people are coming at you with open mouths. And you're like, no, no, please don't do You're that. like, oh, what's happening now? <laughs> no. 
I shouldn't be able to see the inside of your mouth. The commentator says something like, if the boner police are here, I want a lawyer. Yes. And I just Chris out, Parnell, yeah. out loud went, oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is I, I you know I knew going into this that there was gonna be probably gonna be some of it. There's not that much. But oh no, actually the one thing it has over dirty work is it's not as cringy. Yeah, no, no. But it's, dirty work was a different time. Yes, uh, it's like ten years difference, but Ooh, what a difference. Yeah, sure what a difference is. Ten years makes. Yeah, I don't know. The movie's it's it's a lot of visual gags. It's a lot of you know it's thin. It's the, the premise is thin. It's it's you know it's Very a, it's simple. a comedy. There's not it's not especially wordy it's not you know it's a dummy comedy which i'm not saying that's not like a, a judgment call like i like dumb comedies this is a dumb you don't know dumb. anything about movies you don't know anything about movies. yeah uh i do Volk's know no i do point. here's the thing i do know about movies it's what i like and what i don't like and like i like some dumb comedies and i i generally like this one um it didn't like didn't blow me away but there's some stuff in it that's like really genuinely funny i love the because i love footloose unabashedly love footloose tina knows this about me big footloose guy i love the stupid angry dancing in the forest i love it's such a specific parody of footloose and then it becomes a big dumb gag which is like so funny back to back it kind of gets a little dirty dancing though kind of does on the log and i was like oh my god he's gonna do it because it yeah it starts off with him he goes out to the woods to angry dance after having an argument with his dad and the music is playing. It's a, you know, 80s uh, uh, ballad, you know, montage music. And then this is a thing in Footloose. It's not Kevin Bacon. It's the guy doing the dancing for Kevin Bacon. Does this, like, big, you know, big dance jump. You know, chest forward, arms back. You know, that kind of real Swan Lake jump. And they shoot it from, like, four different angles. And then they do that, like, uh, sl- like sort of montage, like, showing the image over itself where it kind of overlaps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, they, sh- they do that. And they do that in this, but each time it's like a different jump and the jump gets weirder and like crazier. Yeah. He's doing like a sideways, like fucking like crumping, like <laughs> jump, like weird. Th- and I was like, oh, this is like a break dancing jump now. And like this thing. And it just keeps going for so long that it's really funny. And then it <laughs> like it doesn't even end with him landing. He like fucking hits a tree stump and falls down a mountain <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> and... As if that wasn't, like, funny enough. It's not even just, like, oh, they threw a stuntman down a mountain and had him roll down. They, they attached, like, Sandberg or the stuntman to wires, and they're, like, swinging him through these trees. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. What it's I like so funny. most about that scene is that they really put thought into what it was going to look like. It's actually... Beautiful. It, it really is. It's yeah. like well lit and it's like a little foggy or misty yeah. and like it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like you guys really thought about that for this moment, right. which makes it funny. Yes. Because like, you put this much energy into this absurd scene. The big jump at the end, there's like a bunch of establishing shots that are like really pretty. Like yeah. there's like sunlight coming through the bleachers right. and yeah. like all this shit. And I was like, I love this. Like, um, trying to think of other so the the music in it is very it's very very rock star adjacent Uh it's all 80s like montage music there's a lot of it's i think there's five europe songs yeah there's like five europe there's like 12 songs total five of them are europe (laughs) and one of them is the cool beans remix thing like technically (laughs) yeah which is nuts um the band at the end on stage (gasps) 
It's Josh Hom. It's it's the Queens of I the know, Stone Age but... in weird drag as the band gown. I know. <laughs> I like as soon as they cut to him, I was like, is that Josh Hom? Yeah. They showed this band and I was like, what is this now? Because like yeah. clearly that's not anyone's real hair. Like no, well, no. it's wiggier than fucking Rockstar was. Yeah, that's basically Dominic West's wig on Josh Hom. And I was like He's like a glam rock barrister. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, so what is this like a bit? within the movie or I was like is this stunt casting and they got like a real band and I was expecting like a you know them to play a song that I was like oh it's this band and they don't and then it cuts to that one close up shot and I was like mm-hmm. I know this motherfucker yep <laughs> I was like my brain's going you know him and I'm like where do I know him from uh-huh. why do I know this guy it's on the Wikipedia and I was like motherfucker it's like the band Queens of the Stone Age appear as the band Gown and I was like get the fuck out of here I knew like <laughs> instantly like they cut to him and i was like oh my god i could not believe it so that must have been great like whatever that day of shooting was right like if you have the queens of the stone age there i'm sure they were like oh yeah we'll just play some they're shit great in between they're great i've seen them yeah. twice and they're, um, both, they're fun both times I've seen them twice that sounds awesome yeah yeah <laughs> um this is a random note but it is music related I had to look up whether or not Hoobastank named their band after, oh, this, after movie, this movie or if they came before it. <laughs> they came before it, but I would have I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Is that when he dies? Yeah, he yeah. comes back and his first word is Hoobastank. Like, Hoobastank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like, dude, if you want to fucking, if, if I'm on my deathbed and I'm just like, like great grandpa. What year is this movie from? Like, I don't remember. And they show me that scene where he's like, Hoobastank, I'm like, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nothing dates something in Amber as as the mid to late 2000s more than referencing Hoobastank in any capacity. Well, that's why, because I was still not sure when this took place. And I was like, I have to look this up. I have to see when Hoobastank formed, which is not something I ever thought I'd Google. <laughs> sidebar to the sidebar. Oh, boy. Have you ever heard the dudes from Hoobastank explain where their name comes from? Ew, no, and I'm glad. None of them know. The one goes, I'm pretty sure we named ourselves after, like, a children's book about Mr. Hooba who has a tank. Excuse me? And I was like, I was like, I think that kind of sounds like a Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah. So, wait, your yeah. name is actually Hooba's tank? tank? Yeah, but they were just like, Hoobastank. Hoobastank. Uh, I don't like it. No, it's... Yeah, I mean, they definitely had their moment in the sun, my I had that thing. one song. Yes. <laughs> what was it, though? It was the freaking reason. The reason. Oh, because yes. it will you. never be burned out of my fucking mind for some reason. I don't know why, but I have a beef with Hoobastank, I think. <laughs> so, a thing I used to do... I mean, do, that's fair. A thing I used to do all the time at... <laughs> we've got the fucking, you know, the you can choose radio the band program. radio station, you know. Right, yeah. And it'll play songs related Is to the Is this why artist. there's a stank radio yeah. on the back? I've always wondered who the fuck put that on there. Is so, it you? Yeah. I created <laughs> I created Hoobastank radio and I would I would I would thumbs down everything that wasn't Hoobastank and thumbs up all Hoobastank songs. And I did this for like months and every once in a while I'd be like today's the day. And at the end of my shift, on a day when I knew Nicole was opening, I would preset the radio at the end of my shift <laughs> oh to Hoobastank. So when she turns it on in the morning, first thing that would happen is they'd play The Reason. <laughs> oh, my God. Because we talked about how, like, aggressively mediocre Hoobastank is. So, yeah, every once in a while. And, like, she would text me. 
So this whole Hoobastank thing reminds me of like... I can't believe we're getting so much mileage out of Hoobastank. I know. I'm like, wow, who would have thought that I would have ever talked about this much? Guys, I mean, like, please continue your story, but like after this, we can't keep talking because they are going to show up. Yeah, you say it enough, it's like Bloody Mary. It's like, yeah. So transitioning... Shh, shh, what's that in the distance? And the reason is you... Um... That's scary, y'all. That's our doorbell. Doorbell. Haunted. <laughs> Haunted doorbell. Um, Hello, it's me. We have a special guest. Hello, it's me, Hoobastank. <laughs> I've come to tell you the reason I keep living. The reason is you. Episode is a haunted by Hoobastank. <laughs> like sponsorship. Hoobastank um, better send me like $15. We've said their names we so have, many times. We have mentioned Hoobastank way more than anybody has mentioned Hoobastank no in 10 years. You know they're yeah, going to no. send you just a t-shirt. Don't be I do not want it. <laughs> I want the dollar amount of the shirt. Plus shipping. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not paying for this. Hot a, rods. Bell herself. rods that are hot. <laughs> rods that are hot. Oh. Um, Stallone's arms. Stallone's arms. Uh, not rods that are hot. Are we going to start, start naming rods that are hot? <laughs> like Stewart. <laughs> not, not anymore. He looks like a hot dog with a mullet. He looks like uh, store brand Ric Flair. That's what he looks like. Oh, now. that's yeah. Oh, okay. He really does. He yeah. Does. Now, for some he, reason, he reminds for a while, me of though, Sean. Well, though, real good looking. I mean, the women liked him, but I couldn't tell you why. They, yeah, yeah. They, didn't yeah. have, they didn't have the language for it, but they looked at him and they instinctively knew I could top him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has that energy. If you want my body and you want to peg me, come on, sugar, let me know. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's two bells in such quick succession. Moving along. What do we want to... What, so I think on the scale, Tina liked this film the least overall is my feeling. And I liked it in the middle and I think Gabby liked it the most. Tina, what is a what are what are some positives from the film? Things that you, you genuinely liked. Because there's good here. It's not it's not a terrible movie. It's not the smokers. The smokers is a I know, did say that, at least it's not the smokers. Yeah, the smokers is uh, a is a basement movie. There's <laughs> no, there's nothing really to like in that movie. Yeah, I mean this is fine. It's yeah. definitely not for me, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be for me. It wasn't made for me. But, like, I don't know who it was made for except for them. Yeah. But, now, there is a lot of crossover, turns out, with what they find funny and what I find funny. Yeah. Not and everything, that's, And but. that's okay. Um, I think it's shot really well. I'll give it that. Yeah. I, there are some scenes where I'm like, this is really, like, well-directed. It's, it's well um, I think it's. I think all their stuff is really well-directed, and they work with good, like, cinematographers and stuff. So, yeah. like, it all looks good. Yeah, it all looks good. The it shot composition, great. the lighting, all that shit is, um, like, is really good. It's got a little bit of that retro, like, sepia kind of, yes. like, yeah, vibe. Not sepia. I guess it's more like, Seems like it gives a little bit of that, like, Cinestill film kind of look, yeah, you it, know? It, it, it gives the feeling of nostalgia, which mm-hmm. is, like, again, like, stuntmen. It's not a thing. Like, in the same way as it was, as is being depicted in this movie, since, like, Evil Knievel. They kind of give credence to that, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clear that he's one of the very few people that really cares about this. And it's yeah. only because he thought he was carrying on his father's legacy. Right. 
I mean, that's really what started this. No, it was weird to me that there were, like, there were no references to Jackass, no reference, like, no nobody said it, nobody right. mentioned it, like, because it's like, that's the thing that brought, like, dumb stunts back, but that would also ruin the arc of the, like, Where I take myself seriously and people are laughing at me, so that makes me angry thing, because it's like, if, if nothing else, Jackass really showed that like you don't gotta you don't have to take yourself super seriously and you don't have to succeed like at things you can fail and it can be a success like, well i mean know. yeah it, they weren't looking to succeed that no. wasn't the point no they, yeah and, and i think like, that, that was the difference between you know this movie and the yeah, jackass guys right. you know so i'll give it that i actually think it has a really good soundtrack um yeah music's <laughs> good yeah every every music choice was well placed and fun i appreciate that it was short i think that there's a limit to how long you can kind of run this sort of comedy before you run it into the ground. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't hit that limit. I'll give it that. I really liked his crew. So his crew is, uh, we haven't even mentioned, Danny McBride and Bill Hader and Yorma Tacone. And, like, Danny McBride's so fucking funny in this. He's, like, he's present in a lot of things, but he doesn't have, like, a lot to do. But, like, he's got two or three scenes where he's active in them, and he's funny in everyone. The, the, his line read of, like, he goes, he, he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. I've been drinking green tea all day. Yeah. <laughs> I go to search every Sunday. <laughs> he's so good, dude. I don't know. I think there's probably, like, one too many of the... Nobody gets a ton of room to, like, be a character. No, I think that was just to get all the friends in. Yeah, it's just, to, ha- it's just to have people on, on, uh, on set who can, like, riff. Yeah, yeah, because it's very much they have the whole entire scene in the movie where it's, oh uh, well, I'm who and I like to party. No, nobody likes to party. I'm Rod yes. and I yeah. like to party. Dude, that scene, so it's like, that's yeah, this so is Rod funny. and his crew. Yes, like, that scene is is really funny. He was like, all right, he's like, uh, this is you know Isla Fisher. She's gonna join the crew now. So I think it'd be fun if we all introduced ourselves. We said something about our about ourselves. So I'm Rod and I like to party. And it's like Yorma Tacone's like, I'm whatever you know my name is and I like to party. He's like, no. I already said that. He's like, oh, right. I don't like to party, I, but I do. And he's like, no, stop. Pick a different thing. He's like, I'm, I'm whatever Yorma Tacone's name is, and I'm the stuntman. He's like, no, move along. And, like, it's just, like, it, it, it's funny. They're so stupid. They're, like, Hoobastank levels of stupid. you got to stop saying that, dude. <laughs> he's, he's downstairs right now picking through my cabinets. <laughs> just he's as like, creepy. He's like, is anybody... Is anybody eating these? Allison's like, it's it's unpopped popcorn. He's already chewing it. <laughs> I still, like, the big thing for me, the the big problem, because I'm with this movie until they show the, the, okay. So Rod has been, like, attempting a whole bunch of stuff. Like I said, he he takes gigs as, like, a, basically a birthday clown type performer. Like, he's doing stunts and whatever. He's a human pinata at one point. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's fine. It's nothing like it's not gut busting, but it's funny, and I I, I dug it. The whole movie, uh, Yorma, who is playing his stepbrother, is recording all of it. I guess ostensibly so that he can like go back and watch his performance later and like critique it or whatever. You know, he ends up being like, "Oh, I was just bored, so I edited some of it together and made essentially a jackass video. It's a skate video. It's like a you know." Uh, and he shows it to Rod, and Rod's like, "That's great." we should make it a movie. And I was like, Oh, and I wasn't really watching the time. I was like, Oh, this is the end of the movie. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is, they make it a movie. It's a big success. Rod is an inspiration, even though he's not actually technically very good. And I was like, cool. And then it gets to them showing the film and people are laughing 
And Rod's like, they're laughing at me. And he like freaks out. And I was like, that's my biggest hurdle is I don't get how he doesn't understand that this is like funny. Just real quick, because I feel like we, we forgot this part. Oh, and, yeah. And I should mention it. Right before he shows him the, the clip reel. Yeah. Uh, he's watching two dogs fuck. Yes. Which is also a dirty work callback. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I know. Immaturity never changes. No, this is this is a different group of guys making the same movie. Yeah, like 10 years later, yeah. making a very similar movie. Yeah. There's a poster on the wall that I thought was fake, and I had to look it up. Oh, in, in I know Yorma's which one you're bedroom. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. The Whoopi Boys. I was curious if it was real. It's like in the background. It's on his like closet door or whatever. You see it like four times yes. in the cool yeah. bean scene, though. Yes. Yeah. And it's the, the poster is like two guys... I guess ostensibly like mooning. Yeah, they're like, like bent over. But their butts are cut off by the top of the, the poster. Uh-huh. So it's like two guys holding their ankles looking at the... It's like illustrations of two dudes. And I was like, the Whoopi Boys. I was like, this can't be real. So, fun fact. I watched the outtakes. One of the outtakes, Sandberg specifically mentions the Whoopi Boys. And he's like, that's not something the Whoopi Boys would do. And Yorma's like, no, I guess you're right. Or whatever. Like, And I was like, they referenced this. I was like, is this fake or is this real? <laughs> So I looked it up. It's a real movie. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never heard it. It's like a, I, I mean. When did it come out? 80 something. See, I don't know when this takes place. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's just like all those movies where it's like for these comedic actors, it's a distillation of who they wish they were at a specific age. Like it's kind of the seventies with the stuntman thing, which is, you know, like a vague thing that I'm sure like. Will Ferrell might have been like, oh, that's like Will Ferrell and 70s shit like makes sense. It goes, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, that's what Anchorman is like. He's a 70s news anchor. So, yeah, like, uh, and, you know, I mean, you, a lot of your humor is formed at that age. Like what your sense of humor is, what you find funny, like it can change over time. But that's a, a big, you know, that's when I started listening to like Weird Al. Mm-hmm. And guess what? My penchant for, you know, funny song parodies has not diminished really at all. Clearly. There's a thing with these movies where it's it's kind of, you know, like personal myth making where it's like, oh, this is the kind of I'm going to play the kind of guy I would have found funny at the age of the target demographic for this movie, which is like, you know, 18 to 25 or whatever, you know. So, like, who would I have thought was the funniest, best thing to be or do at that age? That's kind of where all this stuff like comes from, you know, that so. Yeah, my sense of humor was bad then. Yeah, I think mine was terrible. I mean, yeah. like... I think that's why I enjoy this movie, because it came out... What? 2007, I was... I'm trying to think of what I was into around this, like, that age, like, 18 to 20. I mean, it was... Well, because when this came out, you were a full-fledged adult, yes. so... <laughs> I was like, I was like 19 on 9-11, like... You were 19 on 9 No, you were, no, you were not. Holy Yeah, you might have been 18, because I was sick. Or seven. Yeah, that makes sense. This episode we start. We talked about Hoobastank and 9/11, two of the country's greatest tragedies. <laughs> oh, I heard it. oh my god! I'm sorry, Hoobastank. That was rude. Was so rude. We're never sending you a t-shirt. It was so rude. That was so heartless of me. But no, uh, I think like 18 to 25. I was into like Dennis Leary. Oh, yeah, me too. Mitch Hedberg. Uh, oh, you were really into Mitch Hedberg. That Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Like the, the, the George Carlin. Yeah. Janine Garofalo, David Spade all had like stand up things in the like in my late teens, yeah, early 20s. Yeah. Um, I was really into that crowd. Uh, uh, Louis Black. 
Yeah. Those were the comedians I was really into. Like my best friends in my best friend in high school was super into Adam Sandler's like records. Like he had all his albums Uh and like would play his like skit song, like piece of shit car and all these like skits. And I was a real big uh, Jim Brewer fan around that time. Oh, Jim Brewer, Dane Cook. I I had that that one Dane Cook CD. Well, I kind of got bad vibes from him pretty early on, but I definitely was a big Jim Brewer fan. Dennis Leary, yeah, all them. At the time that this came out, I was trying to think of who I like liked then or what kind of comedies I liked then. Yeah. And the only thing I can come up with in 2007 that I really liked was Cat Williams. Yeah, I loved Cat Williams then. You did a lot. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah, I think I watched like I think I've only... you watched every special. I was gonna say house. I think I've only <laughs> ever watched Cat Williams at your house. Yeah. The thing about time is all it needs is like a reason to come around and the reason is oh, you my fucking god <laughs> i'm walking out <laughs> like she's like i love being on this show but i quit <laughs> i'll be back tomorrow <laughs> true it's funny cuz it's true we haven't talked about this movie hardly at all talked about burnout uh, no. th- we talked around it i don't know all, I right, mean, all right all right well you gabby what is what are some of your highlights standout moments well, I feel like I feel different about this movie, you know, through everything that we just talked out <laughs> yeah, about. That's fine. I was like 12 or 13 when it came out. Sure. How many so times like, how many times you, is this like a I watch this every day like thing or probably like a once a year. like it's like one of those movies that I'm like, "Oh, okay, I really am maybe once a year I'm like home okay. and I'm like, you know what? I want to watch like some sort of lighthearted comedy that I sure. can turn to." And it kind of reminds me of a lot of early things from the early 2000s that are not necessarily good like i don't think this is like a good movie but i enjoy it it's my sense of humor it's not it's bad stuff it's that not I grew up at with. all yeah. Yeah, yeah no and i'm like it's lighthearted. there's no you know ill will towards anybody in the movie it's just fun yeah. so that's why i feel like i enjoy it but it's also different styles of comedy is i really... always enjoy movies that don't have an enemy like they don't have a like a nemesis. Yeah, there's like, no yeah. like Will Ferrell or sorry Will Ferrell, Will uh, Will Arnett is a jerk. But and he's, he's not really a nemesis. No, no. exactly. No. Like he he it's not like he's like, "Oh, I'm sabotaging the ramps or whatever." He's just like, "Uh, oh, I'm just I'm dating I'm dating Isla Fisher. I'm going to keep dating her." The like, closest yeah. he gets to any kind of sabotage is he doesn't give her the the, the message, the message yeah. when he calls. Uh, I told you I watched the like deleted scenes. There's a longer version of that where uh the phone call ends with Sandberg being like, okay, so you'll give her the message? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm writing it down right now. And he's like writing in the air. Yeah, and not really he's writing like, are it. you writing in the air? Yeah, and yeah. He, but he goes like, he goes like, so when she comes in and asks, who is this? You won't just say, oh, it was a wrong number? He's like, no, 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 I won't do that. And then uh-huh. like he hangs up and she comes in and he's like, who was it? He's like, oh, it was a wrong number. Yeah. Which that happens in the movie, like her asking right. and him saying it was a wrong number. But the, the full version had Sandberg predicting it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I don't know why you cut that, like. Yeah, you could have left it if you had left... much. Yeah, like, it would have been... As far as, like, runtime. No, yeah. it's two seconds longer, yeah. and it, it was funny. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's the whole thing, is that she's dating Will Arnett, and he's he's a real bro dude. Okay, the, I, there was a moment. Like I misunderstood yeah. something. Because, okay. <laughs> like, wildly misunderstood it, and it took a minute. So, because I don't know how old they're supposed to be, when he pulls up, and he, like, yells out to her... He calls her his little girl, and then she makes out with him, and I was like, 
whoa, where are we going? <laughs> You're like, this and, is the tab on Pornhub I never click on. And then I and then I realized that like that they're a couple, and that I guess was a term of endearment that I did not appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had a moment where I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah, yeah, I didn't know yeah. we were going there. Because I like, couldn't, I can't right. tell how old any of them are. Right, because at that point, if he pulls up and he's like, hey, my baby girl better get in my car or whatever, like, and it was her dad. Right. You'd be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. That makes total sense with this movie. Right. It's like, I don't think Will Ferrell is old enough to be Isla Fisher's dad, but I also don't know how old anyone's supposed to be. It doesn't really right. make sense. Right, well, that's like, what happened. But I had... Yorma Tacone is maybe jerking off to dogs having sex. <laughs> like, maybe. Maybe. But I couldn't tell... It's maybe the 80s because the, the whoopee boys are right. posters on the wall. I couldn't tell how old Will Arnett was in the moment. He had sunglasses on and everything. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I don't know who that is. I didn't recognize him initially until yeah, he yeah. took the sunglasses off. So I didn't know how old he was or who he was or whatever. And so there was a, a split second where I thought that there was a weird incestuous relationship in the Subplot, middle of this. Yeah. And I was like, oh my this God. Movie took a you're turn. like, wait, is this, uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, is this Forrest Gump? <laughs> That's incestuous? Yeah. Why don't I remember that? Oh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, that whole, like, everybody's like, oh, Forrest Gump, such a heartwarming film. And I'm like, Jenny's getting molested the whole time. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, she was being abused, is what I thought. Oh, yeah, I didn't no, know she I, was I, being... a child. Yeah, right? I, 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 I was, I always read it as molestation, and uh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's a spin. That changes and a lot for me. I thought, I'm I like, thought she was abused, but I never thought it was sexual abuse. Neither did I. Yeah, do they? I, do they say that? Maybe that makes a lot of sense as to why she becomes like. Yeah, kind I always of read like it as. I always read it as that because of like run. stuff she says throughout the movie, like. Now Shit, I have do to. I, have to rewatch this? I don't want to rewatch. It's like uh, I, w- I never really liked it anyway, but I didn't. I that's not wow. <laughs> that's yeah, not I, the that's read I had on that. Yeah. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. I was like, I hate this. I hate this so much. I thought you were gonna break into a Hoobastank line. And <laughs> I was gonna that throw those are Hoobastank lyrics. It, <laughs> sounds like that's far as Gump too. Is he's like yeah. So I raised my son. And when he went off to college, I started to I started to play the guitar, and I started a band called Hoobastank. <laughs> oh I can't get over this is more promotion than Hoobastank has ever had. This is this is it. No one no one can legally mention Hoobastank for ten years. We've worn it all out. We used all of it. The tanks are empty. I mean, it's been a while. The Hoobastank tanks are empty. They might be public domain at this point. <laughs> yeah. Came out the same year as Great Rupert. Winnie the Pooh, Great Rupert, yeah. Hoobastank. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Durante is like, I'm going to play my favorite song, oh The my Reason. God. <laughs> oh my god. Hacha cha cha cha. Don't. <laughs> wasn't a Hoobastank song. <laughs> We've been talking about it the whole time and if it was a different band, it would be so Oh my god, funny. is that possible? Do we know? It's totally possible. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Uh, like, we were just, like, just furiously ripping into the reason, <laughs> and it turns out that's by, like, MXPX or something. Oh, my God. We're just like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> <sighs> Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I fucking I love this show. <laughs> that's why I, I, do, I, I literally do this show for free. That's why the people who want to be like, oh, you guys are all man-haters. I'm like, clearly you aren't listening. <laughs> Because it's way no, more than that, we, y'all. We hate so few people. We even kind of like Hoobastank. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh god. god, oh my god. So, so apparently, Hoobastank's really funny, more funny than Hot Rod. <laughs> oh, this is, the, but that's the thing. This is a hundred percent a thing that could have happened in Hot Rod, <laughs> and we would be like, "That's so stupid," and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh god. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> we got derailed. Yeah, I feel like the comedy styles, like, you know, what you guys are talking about around that time period, I feel like for my generation was like... Yeah, the 2000s was the, the not the beginning, like, you can trace the shit back forever, but, like, really the full-on, like, wow, OMG random, like, asides. Like a... That was the Family Guy. Family Guy is the distillation yeah. of it, where it's like, oh, we'll just cut to a random thing. It's like, you just say, hey, remember the time whatever happened? Yeah. And we cut to that random-ass thing. Because it's so wild that you would actually get to see this crazy theoretical mm-hmm. thing. And, like, Anchorman definitely does it. And, I like, that's the thing is people that don't like that type of humor. And I'm like, well, but Anchorman's funny. Like, you agree with that, right? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, Anchorman 100% does that. people have a that. whole thing for Will Ferrell, though. Like, my comparison sure. is kind of like, well, this is the beginning of, like, the Seth Rogen comedy era yes. age. To mm-hmm. where, like, Knocked Up and things like that came out. To where I'm like, oh, they're kind of very similar. Very different. But very similar, like stupid small humor points of just like quoting small things the difference i would say between the like seth rogan uh stuff is is um you know what else i was watching kind of around that time though that i liked and i thought it was funny yeah and was and was similar in nature actually uh grandma's boy oh yeah grandma's boy i think is like a hilarious oh my god it's so funny so funny judd apatow that's who i was the, the, the Judd Apatow-ness of, because uh, he worked with Seth Rogen a ton, because uh, Judd Apatow was on, he worked on Freaks and Geeks. He was one of the writers and maybe creators of that show. So, like, he knows him from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Judd Apatow always has a very strong narrative core. Like, 40-Year-Old Virgin has a bunch of, like, the fucking getting waxed scene is total it's not a plot thing it doesn't do anything for the right. plot it's just a random fun aside <clears throat> but the most memorable scene right it is it is movie. easily yeah. the and it's it's 100 percent because he says kelly clarkson that's it it's like it. if that was the only thing in that scene everybody would still remember that scene yeah like it doesn't need the five other jokes yeah but anyway but yeah like john apatow has these very strong plot like drivers and i think that makes it anchors things a little bit different than adam mckay the anchorman type humor and stepbrothers kind of definitely thing. Where they do have a plot, sure, they have a narrative, but it's not as strong, it's not as grounded in, like, emotion. Yeah, okay. Um, and then this fits more into the Adam McKay end of things, where it's like, there is a plot, there is something that gets from A to B to C, but, like, at no point do we, A, feel, or B, care if, you know, Rod really cares about his stepfather. Like, we get it, right. like, he loves him, but he hates him. Like, it's fine, It's we get it from this first scene. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants his respect, he hates him, but he loves him, that's why he will, you know, put himself on the line to raise $10,000 so he can get a heart transplant or whatever it is. Even though, like, five minutes ago, (laughs) Ian McShane was beating the shit out of him with, like, a fucking, you know, um, 
what was it, Guatemalan, like, oh, wait, fighting stick or uh, whatever? What did where, you say it was? It's so funny. Like, it's just, it's it's 100% that comedy where it's yeah, just, like, yeah. a totally random thing where he's just, like, he's like, all right, Dad, I'm ready to fight. And he's got, like, uh, football helmet and hockey pads and all kinds of shit. He's all, like, loaded up for bear. Like, he's, like, ready to take a full assault. And Ian McShane just, like, hits him in the face with a fucking, <laughs> this big, long fucking broomstick. And he's like, you know, like, whatever he says, like, you know, yeah. Venezuelan fighting staff. And it's just like a total crazy like yeah. thing. And then it's just the two of them going at each other and like The only part I actually really laughed at was the second time he goes to fight him, like after he has his heart transplant or whatever. Yeah. And he comes down the steps and he's like ready and he thinks he's gonna take him. Yeah. And he does. But uh Ian McShane hits him in the face with a stick before he can even say anything. Yeah, he's <laughs> and, and, like, that made me laugh. Yeah. It's like, it was just such a stupid gag. It, it's very good. <laughs> I like, um, he goes, he's gonna do, like, a stunt off of, like, a water fire tower or whatever, and they're gonna blow it up behind him. Oh. <laughs> but it explodes yeah. while he's on it, and he falls down, and, like, the dude is there, <laughs> he's like, you're a terrible stuntman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just... goes, what? And he goes, you're a terrible stuntman. He's like, yeah, I heard you. It's just really mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, that killed me. That was so funny. Well, especially because... There's, there's a lot of that, of, like, undercutting what you think the joke will be. Yeah. Like, which is, like, I always appreciate that. If, like, we get A to B, but, like, if you go A to F, like, that's always going to be funny. I liked, uh, I think it's Danny McBride, when Rod's like, I quit. I quit the... You know, I quit the, the, this is like, yeah, after every lapse in his uh, movie, you know, premiere, he goes straight. He's, I, for some reason, shopping in a liquor store and he looks like a fucking Bible salesman. Yeah, he's got like a weird get up on. It's like a comb over. Yeah. <laughs> and they all come and they're like, Rod, what are you doing? And he's like, I quit, you know, whatever. And I like, <laughs> it's like it's Danny McBride says like, who am I supposed to build ramps for now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I like Danny McBride. Doesn't say a ton in this movie, but he knows like a couple a couple of his things are just like surgical, like precision comedy strikes where he's like, I know exactly how to deliver this where it'll get laughs. Yeah, the cool beans thing. So the cool beans thing is uh, Rod has a falling out with his stepbrother played by Yorma where he's like, you know, you fucking sabotaged me. You made me look like an idiot by editing together footage of me doing like dumb shit, looking right. like an idiot, whatever. I hate you. And then. He comes around on it, and he's like, okay. And he goes and apologizes, and this is, you know, he's like, Yorma's probably looking at dog porn and the the Whoopi Boys poster. This is that scene. And, you know, they reconcile. Uh, Yorma's like, are we cool? And he's like, yeah, cool. Cool beans. And then it just, they just remix the footage. Like, they just edit the footage. He's like, cool, 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 cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool, cool beans. Like, yeah. it's just like a weird, like, insane, weird, very, uh, there was a, I don't know if the, the website is still around. It's called Everything is Terrible. That sounds familiar. They were great. Um, they used a lot of... They, they, they did all found footage shit. Mm -hmm. I have like seven DVDs from them. Um, oh. I went to see a presentation where there's movies called Doggy Woggies Poochie, Poochie Woochies. Pardon uh, uh, me? Doggy Woggies Poochie Porn Woochies. Pornhub tabs I would never click on. Oh, there's right. so many of them. No, yeah, this is like... Just a loose narrative type thing made from any kind of like weird found footage, like infomercials, uh, after school specials, like that kind of era of thing, like stuff you'd find on VHS. 
edited together. So six different like chapters and one was like man's best friend. And so it was all like footage of like kids finding dogs. And like sometimes it was from like a church group video about like how to take care of a new pet. And so it would be like, mom, we found a dog, like whatever, you know? And like, and be like, okay. And we immediately cut to like, yeah, maybe like an old TV show episode where they're like, they're like, dad, I found this dog in the alley. Can we keep it? Like, it was just that, like, it was just this hyper edit, like thing of like all the archetypal, like movements of this storyline. And then it's like, then it's like, you know, man's best friend. And it's like, whatever. And like, I think chapter four was like death. And it was like every time where it's like, Scraps ate a bunch of, you know, chocolate. And I don't think he's doing too good. It's from like, uh, don't feed your pet, like chocolate video, you know, like. And of course, Scraps. Right. And it's it like is, all yeah. the, and it's all these kinds of things. And it's like, but, but they edit stuff and they, they do weird, like remix. I keep you, I don't, know. I, I don't know the terminology, but like, yeah, they do stuff like this where they'll like play a scene, like, and they'll, um, visually visually like dupe it where it looks like a kaleidoscope kind of for like just one second and it's just like it's sensory overload Mm -hmm. and um yeah they showed one of their films uh at uh somewhere in center city like closer to west philly like out you know one of the little theaters and like we went and one of what we went uh, as like me and beerman and allison and maybe somebody else and we bumped into a friend of ours and he was like yeah, I'm on acid. And I was just like, oh, that's going to be wild. Like, I, I don't really know what to expect, but that's going to be cool. And then afterwards, I was like, dude, I cannot imagine being on acid at this. Like, it was so overstimulating. Like, yeah, it's like um, digital manipulation. Yeah. And yeah. like, I was like, ooh. And like, yeah, they do all kinds of stuff. Like, they fuck with the filters. They fuck with the, mm-hmm. you know, the visual the effects. They, yeah. And like, it's it's just to make every moment weirder and funnier if that's your sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like. Just like, oh, look how crazy this is. And, like, it's great. And, like I said, I have, like, seven of their DVDs. They, a couple of years ago, were like, hey, we're having, like, a clearance sale. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like, that's great. I think that's what the kids today call cursed videos. Yes, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. very much in the... <laughs> It's very much in the arena of cursed, cursed yeah. footage. Yes. Because my brain is out here like, wow, that's the, I never want to watch that. Because ones that deal with death, I'll avoid. The dogs, like, eventually dying, not it. I might be sitting here in tears. And you guys yeah, I don't, ev- like, I don't ever <laughs> want to watch anything where the dog dies. No. Well, in fact, know. fear fucked me up with that. Movie. And then where else, what else did the dog die in? Hereditary or something? Was there no. another movie? <laughs> Sister's head comes off. Oh, yeah. Listen. Shit. No, it was the bird. <laughs> the bird's oh, head. Oh, the bird's head. Yeah. Yeah. The bird's head was... Yeah, I was Being gonna say I don't. Lady or whatever. Listen, I also don't like. Yeah, I uh, don't like it ever. Car. But I'm. I don't care. They I'm willing to accept it if it's like, oh, this serves like a like in fear. I don't like it, but it. It's fucked up. It does what it's supposed to do, which is let you know like, all bets are off. But yeah, uh, I I I fuck it. Like it's not like the cool beans thing in and of itself. I if I was to upload a clip of it, you wouldn't be like, this is hilarious. The height of comedy. But just the swing that they were like, yeah, we're going to do this insane, crazy thing. So I read in the trivia for this that apparently they cut that out because one of the like producers or whatever was like, this is nothing. Please cut this out. No, we don't want this in the movie. And at one of the test screenings, um, one of them, Sandberg or somebody, put it back in just to see how it played to a test audience. And they loved it. And I was like, that's really interesting to me. Because it's unlike any of the humor in the rest of the film entirely. And it's like two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. It's like such a weird thing. And like, I, I don't know I don't know what that says. Like, I, but I, they have a very specific um, disregard for the laws of 
film and, you know, video and whatever milieu they're playing in. They're always aware that they're making it so they can do whatever they want with it, you know? Like, and yeah. I think I think it's really interesting. And that they do that a lot in things. They break the fourth wall. They, they're very conscious of, like, oh, this is a montage now. So, like, whatever. Whereas, I, you know, they watch a lot of other comedies where it's just like, oh, the montage is pretty much straight. It's not funny. It's, it's moving right, the plot yeah. along. It's not, you know... I don't, I don't know. They're, they're, it's not just the Lonely Island guys. There's tons of other comedians, and I don't even... I'm not even on TikTok, but I'm sure there's hilarious TikTok people that are also reinventing the, you know, comedy genre and whatever, but, like... Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something about that, about being, like, oh, being genre-savvy enough to play with it at certain times, and... Like no, it's it's you got to know the rules to break the rules. I mean that's true of any kind of art, yeah. painting or photography or anything else. It's best when you break the rules. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's best when you know what you're doing and then you know when. But why, you do why have, what you're doing is is interesting or most know. of the time you need to know the rules to break them. Yeah. Every now and then it's a fluke. Yes. And you broke the rules, didn't know it, and turned out great. Yeah. That happens. Too. Yeah. Every once in a while, you're the Velvet Underground. Where, right. Okay. Yeah. Where you're just like. You know, there's nothing about the Velvet Underground that on paper should work. But it does. does. They're a weird, droney art band full of, like, pretentious, goofy, like, potheads. You know? That's what the world needed. Right. And it's like, but not only are they good, they were, like, the most influential band. Yeah. Because it not only showed you what was possible, like, oh, literally anybody can do this. Look at these goofs. (laughs) You know? But also, like, you could be, like, maybe you're this good. Maybe you don't even know and you could be this good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like that about movies that, you know, aren't too serious and don't take themselves too serious. Like we yeah. said, they made the movie basically for them. Yeah, yeah. So. All the humor in this is, like, to make them laugh. It's what would make the three of them laugh, number one. And then, like, at this point, I guess they've been on, like, they've done Saturday Night Live stuff enough to know that, like, there is crossover. That people find what we find funny, funny as well. Yeah. So they know, like, oh, we can stick to what we think is like. We don't have to write for the audience. We can make ourselves laugh, and maybe that'll be enough. I think that, like, I think that it mostly works. Like, yeah, yeah. It just isn't. This just isn't a great bare bones script. Like, you know, ten no, thousand dollars to yeah, replace my acting. Yeah, it would I, fall apart. <laughs> I think there's a lot of improv in this too. Yeah, I I hope I I hope with everything in me that. Hoobastank was improved. Yeah, I bet that, <laughs> I do I, too. I, yeah, because they all probably lost it. Apparently, the the Bill Hader thing of like he he calls Rod in the middle of the night. And he's like, "Hey, you, you take me to the hospital?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And he goes and picks him up, and Hader's like just kind of looking off, you know. And he's like, uh, "He's like, hey, you know, hey, Bill Hader, I'm here to give you a ride." And he like turns and looks at him. He's got a piece of fucking metal like jabbed in <laughs> right next to his eye. He's like, "Holy shit, your eyes!" Like, Is it bad? And he's like. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, what happened? And as he's driving to the hospital, he's like, yeah, I was getting done my shift. My coworker, you know, gave me some acid, so I took it. And I came home, and I was working on my bandsaw, and a piece of metal flew off and hit me in the eye. So apparently that happened to Bill Hader, except he was the friend and not the guy on acid. Oh. And he was just like, that's a fun story. And then they were like, yeah, we should put that in the movie. It nice. doesn't do anything. It's so- <laughs> I actually kept thinking about how random that whole scene was. Yeah, it doesn't. It like, comes from nowhere. He doesn't like. And it doesn't go anywhere no, either. He doesn't that's give Rod any advice or anything. He's not like, hey, you know, this this just- thing taught me like, Rod, you got to strike while the iron's hot or whatever. Like, he doesn't well, say anything. Actually, there is like this weird, like heartwarming moment he has with him when he gets out of the car. Before he goes in the hospital, he says to him, like, 
you know, not for nothing. I know that you're like disappointed. You're in a bad place, whatever. He's like, you have the power to make people better with what you do. And I don't think you should give that up. Sure. Or whatever, which is like the, like the most heartwarming moment of the whole thing, I guess, aside from like. Well, earlier when he said like, you have a mountain for a face. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Or like when Ian McShane says something like, you're a pussy and my son or whatever. He says, he calls him some name. He's like, like, you're a pussy and my son. I love you. He says something like that. He calls him a name and then like son or whatever. I don't remember how that He's like, yeah, I can still kick your ass, son. Oh, that's what it was. Something like that, yeah. I can still kick your ass. Something like that. Can we also talk about Chris Parnell has a, a stomach tattoo of Calvin pissing on and AM radio? There was a very and... long explanation of it, and it had something to do with like a blockage because he had sex the night before, so he could Dude, pee in two directions. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and he's like, and up here, look, look, way up here is AM radio on a flying carpet, so it's not getting piss on it. Like, it's so weird because it's just and like Parnell, you know, also plays it very. It's not straight. It's very heightened. It's very like the way Phil Hartman would have played it. Like, oh yeah, I can see that. You know, okay. like that. And Parnell does that all the time. He's he's Doctor Spachemin on Thirty Rock. You know, where he, it's it, he just leans into everything just the right amount with enough gravitas where it seems like a a normal person might say this, but <laughs> but like it's totally insane. It's just like it's like AM radio is the best thing ever, and he's like, look, and he like pull this. Oh, it's fucking. It's crazy. Yeah, it's Calvin pissing on color TV and an FM radio yeah. at the same time in two different directions while an AM radio hovers unurinated on on a Magic flying carpet. carpet. <laughs> Throughout the movie, there's kind of a through line of Rod wanting to learn Tai Chi from uh, Isla Fisher. Kind of, but that also feels out of place. It's like three. Well, it's 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 yeah, I think it makes sense in it's the kind of movie they're parodying, like they're parodying the right. montage film. Yeah. But it's not present in most of the movie. Like he he has a he has a routine where before he goes to fight his father or stepfather, he bows to Yorma and he goes like, "Ancestors be with me." And you know Yorma says like, "Ancestors' power be with you." Like whatever, like yeah. their you know whatever their trade off is. And like, but that's the only like karate type thing. And then at some point, Isla Fisher's like, "I could teach you tai, tai Chi." Well, so it's funny because I watched that scene. And I wasn't sure where they were going to go with it. I didn't know if it was going to be like a romantic scene, like he was going to... I thought that maybe she... moves on her? Yeah, I thought maybe she was going to do the opposite. Like, usually when they do a romantic scene like that, the guy comes behind the girl to show her how to do it. I thought they were going to do the opposite, and she was going to come behind him. Oh, and like, your arms go like this. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's not where that went. He keeps saying he wants to know, like, a move that would make a grown man shit himself or whatever. And she's right. like, you're not ready for it. And she finally shows it to him. And she... it's clear that he, like, shits himself or yes. whatever. He walks backwards towards yes. the car. <laughs> they call it back at the very, very end. end. It's like the last gag of the movie. Right. During his, like, I, I'm back to doing stunts and I'm taking it seriously. Like, he's doing his montage and he's doing the Tai Chi alone. And a fisherman sees him and is like, ooh. And then the fisherman's like spraying him with like baby oil and rubbing him down. And I was just like, the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fucking wild. Um, <laughs> I did love, I love when uh, Jonathan, which is uh, Will Arnett, breaks up with her. Because he's such a piece of shit. Well, he well she breaks she up with breaks him. up with him. Yes, I, that's what I meant. But, but he but... just screams "babe" for like a minute, five straight minutes. Yeah, but he goes like they pull into a, like a convenience store parking lot, and he's like, oh. "I'm gonna get a vitamin water. Should and I make that dose?" 
<laughs> and he also <laughs> says, like, no. And he's like, Coolio, maybe I'll get a box of dong bags and we can knock boots later. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, as soon as it's like he... the most fucking toxic, disgusting Ew. dude. Also, it's so funny. As soon as he said dong bags... How does uh, the radio station, the AM radio, like, find out about him and decide to sponsor the final thing? I don't know. I don't recall it how just that happened. happened. Like, somebody just goes like, Rod, the this AM, AM radio, radio station is going to sponsor yeah. Right. So he's like, oh, great. So the, it's the day of the big jump. This is where Gowan is playing. But uh, Parnell gets over the fucking PA and he's like... Do you like stunts? What about terminally ill stepfathers? <laughs> I missed that. I don't know how. Dude, it's so fucked up. I laughed so hard at that. Throughout the movie, he's got a thing where before he does like a big stunt, he's like, eagle spirit, enter my body. Like, and there'll be like a spirit CGI eagle. eagle or he'll, you know, he'll be like doing a pool stunt and he's like, bottlenose dolphin, give me your strength. And like, his whatever. eyes turn into bottlenose dolphin pictures. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's, it's the cheesiest, like, goofiest thing. So, right before he does the final thing, it's all five of them. It's an eagle, a fox, a bottlenose dolphin, an octopus, and a house cat. Those are the five spirit animals. Well, and doesn't he say, like, a regular house? He said he describes the house cat, doesn't he? I thought yeah, he did. and there's also an outtake where he tried out, like, they were just like, oh, just keep going. So he did, like, 12 different animals. Oh. Uh. And it's just him being like, you know, Tim being like, chinchilla, and like, whatever, like, you know, and it's, it's pretty goddamn good. It's, it's just so goofy and weird. And of course, it's up this, like, big elaborate ramp, and he's on a brand new bike. It's, you know, really good. It, they've spent actual money on it. You know, shoots off the ramp. It's in slow motion. It's like a close-up shot, and it's like him giving the thumbs up and being like, yeah. And then it pulls back, and he is separated entirely from the motorcycle, and he's like two feet above it in the air, and he's like, give him the thumbs up. He's like, yeah. And he's not aware that he is going to crash and burn pretty badly. Uh, the motorcycle lands on the stage where Gown was playing, <laughs> and then he just like crashes into the dirt, and he's badly injured. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they get him up and walk him off, and it's a whole, like, he's up, he's all right. Like, you know, whatever. That's when he, he's technically dead, and he wakes up and he says, Hoopastank. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, they, they've hit their $10,000 goal. There was, like, the telethon ticking counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, that's... They they hit more than that. I think it, it goes like, over, yeah. yeah it's, it's like 39000 or, or something. Yeah, it was like Well, it's 39000 when it stops. And they're like, why did it stop? And they're like, I guess they want to see, see how the jump goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, then, so it was 40000 was what he was going for then or whatever. Because it yeah, stops right before they hit the goal. Yeah. They hit the goal. It kind of does, it just does like a time lapse. And Frank, which is uh, Ian McShane, the stepfather... He's fine now. They're having a barbecue in the backyard. Basically, everybody that appeared in the film is there. That Sandberg, you know, challenges him one more time, and Frank hits him with a throwing star. Yeah, <laughs> which is like fine. Uh, and that's kind of it. He does the make a man grown man shit himself tai chi move, and that's the end of the movie. Frank's that's just it. Frank yeah. declares him a man officially. Yeah, I mean, th- all he wanted the whole time was to beat his ass, and he yeah. significant. You know, he he did that. He impressed his stepfather, yeah. and then he makes him shit his pants. And that's what happened. That's the end of the I think that's the story of the movie, right? He's just trying to win over his stepdad's yeah. love. Yeah. Not about a stunt man at all. He's just like, eh, I just want to beat the shit out of my stepdad. Yeah. Well, at one point, he straight up says, "Like, I'm gonna make you better so I can kick your ass." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's hot rod, and also a lot of other things we talked about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That are hot. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's let's vote. I will, I will go first as I feel like I am. I I, I think I have a you know 
barometer for this, but I, this is a watch. I think it's got some decent laughs, but you know, if you're going to a desert island and you can only take five films, there are others I would take. But uh, this is this is fine. This is you know this is enjoyable. I I think I like Pop Star better. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is this is a watch. It's perfectly fine. You want to watch it? Watch it. Want to skip it? Skip it. <laughs> me. <laughs> your turn this isn't for me and and there's nothing wrong with it inherently it's just not for me sure uh it's not my style it's not my sense of humor if i was going to recommend something else from a similar time period i think grandma's boy is much funnier uh i would rewatch that a dozen times and it's got a similar vibe it does it's um, shaggy in the same sort of way yeah but it's it's more unique i think it's got a better through line. Like, I feel yeah. like it's more... The plot drivers all Yeah, thing. it's got more they of, matter like... matter more. Yeah, it's got a better continuity. Yeah. Everything sort of connects better. I think that's a better movie. And honestly, I'm not the biggest, like, Jonah Hill fan either, but the movie is good enough that I don't really care. Yeah. And so, um... <laughs> Nick Swartzen, sleeping in a race car bed. This would, I think, be better if it had more Will Arnett. I love Will Arnett, though. Yeah, this, I mean, this could have used... Um, this honestly could have used a villain. Like, I do like when films don't have one, but... But I think it... Like Wayne's World. Wayne's World has, you know, it has uh, Rob Lowe in the first one. Is it Christopher Walken in the second one or whatever? Something like, like that. Where it's like, oh, somebody to be an antagonist, even if they're not, like... They're, you don't have to have, like, a big showdown at the end. Well, you just, I think there's something to that, because I don't... Uh, Gabby and I were actually talking during a, a break here where... Yeah. She had mentioned, like, part of the reason why she picked it is because, like, it's it doesn't have anything that's really sad or anything about it. There's it's a it's just a fun movie straight through. And, yeah. like, if you're having a tough time or whatever, it's something that you can watch that's not going to uh, yeah, make you not, sad. It's not, not going to depress you, out, you yeah. whatever. And I think it's a really fair point, and it does succeed in that. But I think if there was a reason for me to root for him... Or against him. I don't... I had no horse in this race. That's fair. I was just kind of like, I don't really care what happens to any of you. And yeah. and it's a comedy, and it doesn't really need that, but I think it would have helped. Yeah, but like we've seen in other comedies, like you can still manage that. Like, right, you can still, yeah. You can still Absolutely. like make a dumb comedy where you're like, oh, I do care what happens to this idiot. Absolutely. Right, yeah. I feel like I like it just because I'm the kind of person that will sit down... And watch sitcoms, like, quite mm -hmm. often. So it's just, you know, there's no stakes, no high stakes. I'm just kind of here for the movie. Um, wouldn't call it necessarily a great watch. Sure. It's a watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I kind of picked it. Just because I'm like, oh, this is something fun, lighthearted, just to kind of bring yeah. to the show for, you know, we've done, obviously, a couple other movies on here where I'm like, oh, yeah, no, phenomenal. Completely out yeah. of water. Like, blah. Never well, seen uh, it yeah. before I was on here. And I was like, yeah, that was a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Completely different. But yeah, I, I really like their style of movie. I just, yeah. quick, weird, witty, dumb humor yes. always gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoobastank. Hoobastank. <laughs> We've said it too many times. Can we end this before they actually okay. appear? Yeah, we have to wait for all of like six members of the band. <laughs> One's already here, they so. Had one of those, they had one of those guys with a real big fish that just danced. <laughs> yeah, he hoobastanked all over the stage. <laughs> Hoobaskanked. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, Hoobaskank your heart out. Well, thank you. 
Well, thank you for having thank you, me again. Gabby, for for uh, suggesting this film and coming on and taking the time out of your, your busy, busy life. <laughs> Tina, thanks for uh, co-hosting while Allison is trying to jump Devil's Canyon on a Vespa. She's gonna do it. She's gonna do it. Yeah, she can do it. She's yeah. done all the. She's done all the calculations. She knows the wind resistance. She's very good at that. Very aerodynamic. You want to direct everybody to your social media, Tina? Yeah, I mean, okay. You can follow me at Tina Dylan Art. You could also follow me on Instagram at faux underscore coyote, but I may or may not accept your friend request. So you should probably just follow my art page. Uh, Gabby. Yeah, you guys can follow me at GR Frankenstein on the Instagrams, or if you'd like to follow my business page, selfless promotion right here, Sick Wax World Candles. Anybody listening to this, if this is your first time listening, you can find our link tree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash H-W-G-W. So that's the link tree page for Hate Watch, Great Watch, and that will lead you to our Movie John page are uh, like there's like a widget where you can listen to us on spotify or itunes or any of that shit um you can also follow us on twitter or instagram if those things are still around at the time of this episode and if we are still on them maybe who knows uh usually we will also put up links to um view the movie for free if that is possible or a link that will show you where you can rent it or stream it from that kind of thing so check it out and please, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, consider donating to the Movie John Patreon, <laughs> even if you hate us, or especially if you hate us, because your opinion matters more if you've paid us $3 a month to tell 100%. us that we suck. Also, uh, you should rate with conviction. Yeah. Again, the body of your review, what you say, gives me the context. Whether you like us, whether you don't. What you like, what you don't like. And then the star rating is the strength of your conviction. So if you really mean what you say, five stars. And uh, thanks as always for listening. Next episode, our 100th episode. Woohoo! And That's then, a big one. Yeah, it's fine. We'll make, a, we'll make a real big one for 200. Yeah, 200 is going to be crazy. Y'all better stay tuned for Hoobastank's that. Who's going to play the party? <laughs> oh my god. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Amish Paradise still might be the best song ever written. Better than <laughs> Gangster's Paradise, the song that it parodies. That's a hot take. It is, but it is also true. I mean, Coolio's dead, though. He can't even defend him. Ah, oh, rest in peace. Right. Apparently a very cool guy. Like, apparently... No, seriously. Like, <laughs> I know, Coolio. I know, I said it. a cool I guy. <laughs> Nine nine. Nine nine.